0: Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. How are we, everyone, on this lovely, lovely week of of COVID, of footy potentially being paused? Uh, huh? I'm not that good, to tell you
0: the truth. Well, I feel like I'm on the way out. What do you mean? Well, uh, I'm not in charge of the deck tonight. And yeah, well,
1: <sighs> your performances have dropped. Okay. Lingered. Lingered. Yeah, well, the. The other week when you dropped your guts and that lingered and it, um, at that point probably needed to hit pause while we all ever. took a gasp of air to try and come back to... to we all,
0: we all, what, all two of us or...
1: Well, <laughs> the cleaner probably the next day could probably still smell it so... Whatever, but uh, ladies, gentlemen, mainly gentlemen, probably no ladies, um, back for another week of Caesar in the publican. Um, it was meant to be a, a fun-filled weekend for us. It's meant to be uh, beers, footy, um, probably kittens. Uh, but hang on, probably. I did have to cancel the VIP booth on Wednesday. So, um, but uh, yeah, we had a lovely trip planned to watch the top of the table clash. And all year, we've actually been saying this could end up be one, one v two, and it was. And uh, we couldn't fucking get there, thanks to COVID. Didn't miss much. Nah. Disappointing. Do you know who missed a bit? The Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Missed a bit of cash. They thought there was going to be 50,000 there. Ended up being about seven. And that was security to stop people coming in. That's got to hurt.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be good.
1: Club like the doggies that don't exactly have uh, cash to splash either.
0: Finally get a Friday night game <laughs> against another... Orly-membered Melbourne side that are both doing all right and both getting on with it.
1: Both probably having the best seasons they've had in... uh, Well, the Doggies won the flag not long ago, but still that season they scraped into the eight. But uh, the start that uh, the Doggies are having, they thought there'd be numbers galore. There'd be beers, pies, everything sold, kids cheering. Nah. Fucking none. Nothing. Well... It's uh, escalated quickly because I reckon the last time, uh, the last podcast we recorded was just before Melbourne were actually coming here and uh, they got done by the Crows. Never in doubt. Never in doubt, as Danny said. Um, And that night, we're out on the beers having a good night and no more than 24 hours later, there was that one case that popped up and we immediately went, ooh, this doesn't derail our weekend. This this is great timing. Not only did it derail the weekend, the entire state is in lockdown. That's how quickly it changes. So, D's went from having a huge win in front of a a good crowd at the crowd, sorry, a big loss, a big shock loss, to then having the biggest win they've had in a long... Just shut up. The biggest win they've had in a very long time in front of fucking no-one. So, yeah, changes really quick. But the talk this week is about what the fuck they're going to do. With, uh, with Victoria, because you've got half half the league are in one state. They can't get out unless it's in uh, New South Wales. Well, aren't or some of them out, though? Huh?
0: Aren't some of them still in New South Wales?
1: Yeah. Richmond's based right now in Bondi, I think. Yeah. Um, how long are they going to be there? That's the big question. And uh, 360, I reckon, spoke to Rewald about it. Um, and he said, at this point I'm leaning at... Uh, no, I won't be hubbing, mm. and fuck the backlash he copped on social media. Um, I'm not shocked because, like you said, only the uh, only the dickwit through the voice start saying talking about money. Oh, well, you're getting paid, do what you like. Well, yeah. it ain't about that. That's the contracts that they signed weren't for that, and um, it shouldn't be about money. Um, the,
0: um the message that the AFL CEO sent through to the players last night seemed fairly resolute that hubbing was the last alternative, utter last resort. But, yeah. but uh, and I, but I still think it won't it won't even happen.
1: Well, they talked about if they have to, they'll just do a pause. So they try and get these games out this weekend, yeah. um, which is the first week of the buys, and then. Why, don't the, that,
0: why wouldn't they just try and even have this week off and
1: or they could have said why don't we get all the teams out for one week yeah. play the other games so the teams are having a buy you're not having a buy now you'll get your buy in another week or so and let's just get out of there get a couple of games out and then have your buy while everything's starting to die off or Starting to come out of restrictions And then you go back to when you can have crowds What do you reckon the chances are Of Victoria having crowds again this year though? Within the next Month I'd say within the next four weeks well, it's They annoying. won't
0: have crowds within the next month Nah There will not be a person in Victoria Going to the footy in They
1: would have to have two weeks of no Community transmission you would have yeah. thought Before they even entertained a crowd Of any sort let alone Blockbuster crowds. You know, at least
0: they've come to their senses and said the regional lockdown... Is it midnight tonight or midnight tomorrow night?
1: So that's being lifted or eased or... Yeah,
0: it is. But but the restrictions in place in regional centres is ridiculous.
1: Oh, yeah. Like... Well, you look at those border communities. Um, They're the ones getting hammered again. Because SA's obviously done that hard lock on the Victorian border completely courtesy of those two little slags that... Hitchhiked across the border. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think it was anything to do with them. It would have happened anyway.
1: No, they shut it straight after them. Yep. because they don't uh, know what the fuck they're doing. But uh, they've done that. They've locked it. Um it's only
0: Gladys, that hasn't shut a border, though. Um, yeah, who would have thought the uh, you know Mel- Melbourne Brisbane this week should have been tomorrow night? Hmm. Uh, tomorrow night? No, Friday
1: night. Friday night
0: should have been. Um, that should be at the Gabba.
1: But and people listening to tomorrow, it will be tomorrow night, so.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, people listening after that. Great game last night. <laughs> yeah. But that should have been at the Gabba. Brisbane home game. Melbourne were almost...
1: No, it's a Melbourne home game.
0: Yeah, but, but it could have just been a Melbourne home game at the Gabba. At least it would have been a great crowd there.
1: Yeah. Well, there's... Uh, Mel-
0: Melbourne had... Uh, or... Max is the captain. He doesn't make business decisions on. I don't think club.
1: Melbourne would have wanted to be at the Gabba because that's a fair fucking uh, well Max, advantage to the other team.
0: Maxie Gorn said in an interview, "We're more as a playing group. We're happy to play at the Gabba because they just want to play. And, they just want to play. They don't want. They don't want, it, they don't want it the same as last week with no no one in the crowd. Didn't fucking hurt him Ah, uh, correct." <laughs>
1: They uh... Probably the doggies uh, weren't good with it, though. They came out and uh, Kane Corns came out and said the best coaching performance by Simon Goodwin. This is the same Kane Corns that wanted his head last year. So it's interesting that uh, he's even won over the the, uh, the volcano. So Kane wanted
0: his head. I thought it was only the Melbourne President that wanted his head. <laughs>
1: well, oh sorry, sorry,
0: ex-Melbourne President. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Interesting enough, I met the new Melbourne president, uh, not last week, week before.
0: What's he like?
1: She, and Kate Roffey. Huh. Great woman. It's, it's probably the first time I've been intimidated by a woman. I mean that. Very, uh, like a power figure. I was like, oh shit, this woman's very important. <laughs> I better say hello. And, uh, my girls, we snuck into the rooms and, uh. She said to him, is it a tough day today having to pick the Crows or Melbourne? Who are you going for? Are you Crows supporters? And Grace and Ivy said, oh, yeah, today we're Melbourne supporters. Elsie looks up at her and goes, I'm a Port supporter. I'm off her. And she goes, oh, that's a, bit, that's a bit strange. She said, my friend Mila goes for Port. And she's like, oh, does she? Yeah, her uncle plays for Port. So obviously I obviously had to explain who Mila was. They think uh, they thought that was quite hilarious, but this is the president of a footy club was getting down on my kids' level and talking to them as most normal people do. We wouldn't see that from probably uh, the previous president or uh, anyone of that nature. So off to a good start to me, He's the only president I've met. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. Apart from Eddie McGuire telling <laughs> us to lift. get out of his elevator. <laughs> But no, nah, the, uh, the Ds uh, rolled through the Bulldogs like a hot knife through butter. So mm. the, no crowd wasn't exactly a factor. But uh, there's going to be a crowd at... Uh, well, it wasn't a factor for the Ds. wasn't a factor for the Ds. might have been for the Bulldogs. But uh, speaking of crowds, and like you said, if they move that to the Gabba, it could have been packed. And yada, yada, yada. They're moving the Dreamtime game to Perth. And fuck me, Shout haven't out. haven't the Perth folk... The spoken uh, spoken in their numbers, they've just gone. Yeah, we'll buy every ticket in a couple of hours. Was it within hours it sold out? Uh, or just well today? It sold
0: out today, but there was there was some tickets sold yesterday.
1: So fifty thousand in a game, a neutral game on the other side of the country, just shows more than fifty, isn't it? I think it's fifty fifty two, fifty three, maybe. But doesn't that just show how? Um, how big this Dreamtime games probably become. I went to one at the G, um, Essendon Richmond, oh, a long time ago. When Dustin uh, Dustin uh, Fletcher kicked a torp on the run from about eighty meters, going oh. through the middle, that was yeah, and the crowd just in out in unison, even the Richmond supporters. Oh, like, it was massive. But um, before the game, when they did all the uh, six
0: for the Perth Stadium Optus Stadium.
1: So they've sold that out, sixty thousand for a Richmond Essendon game in Perth. Mm. Do you know who? Jared, uh, not Jared, Gil McLaughlin would have a stiffy looking at that. He's thinking,
0: fuck. he'd he'd be reasonably happy. (laughs) Not, not not much else has gone right in the last fourteen days for him. Would they have
1: got eighty thousand at the G? or Would they have got sixty, sixty-five at the G? Oh, they're not notoriously eighty, ninety thousand crowds for this game, is it? Or actually, I'm not sure. Could actually be better off. Oh no, because they got to send two teams to Perth. So, okay. um, but that's that's fucking huge, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but this is the thing, and this is where Stephen Rowe, Stephen Rowe agree with him. SA government because they're completely and utterly backward and paranoid no, and come scared. On, mate. Don't be like that. They could have they,
0: at least they're consistent.
1: They could have had this been game. Fucking inconsistent. Can you imagine Saturday night at Adelaide Oval? Fifty odd thousand people there for this It'd be fucking amazing. The economy would be, the state would be loving the money coming in from people from Perth. There's people going all over the country to Perth for this. Yeah. Um. But then, Queen's Birthday game in next week. Yeah. Fucking bring that to Adelaide Oval, Collingwood stay here the week. J- Jared Waitley's on. Uh, yep, Jared Waitley. He's on that. He that's that's he who wants wants I listen the slide, to, to. Slide to be on the hill. Oh, exactly. Like I was listening to him just going fucking oath. Like, that would be amazing here yeah. on a Monday. Um, nice Monday, Arvo at Adelaide Oval, Queen's birthday. No, but it won't happen.
0: Fair few hoops for our, uh, our backward state leaders to work out before that could happen, mate.
1: Well, <laughs> there's a... Uh, we'll just go into the whole COVID saga and what it's taken for, to get this Collingwood side here, but I think the task at hand for the crowd is going to be a little bit more difficult... Collingwood. Let's hear what uh, Nicola, I've had a Mayor spuria said today. Because sometimes the ball, as uh, not that I've
0: been to many football games, I have noticed occasionally it does get kicked into the crowd. And uh, we are uh, working through the details of what that will mean. If you are at um, Adelaide Oval and the ball comes towards you, my um, advice to you is to duck and just do not touch that ball. <laughs> so <laughs> So, duck, so the person behind you wears it in the face? Or?
1: <laughs> Can you imagine old Jan in, uh, Jan that's caught down the, the bus from uh, Keith? Uh, she's got there real early. She's sitting in the sun. She's, she's just thought, oh, a bit of a quiet part of the game, or she can't even hear that it's maybe in the forward line. She's got a little coffee mug out of her thermostat. Thermostat. She's, she's poured Thermos? it in. Thermostat. <laughs> So her thermos, she, she's poured her coffee in there and she's thinking, oh, I'm really glad to be here. And uh, Just about to whip out the orange slice. And uh, Danny, Danny, the young strapping lad, uh, could easily mark this footy, but no.
0: I'll take the he's advice. Listened
1: to, he's listened to Spurrier and dived out of the way to save lives by not touching the footy. No, no,
0: not save lives, save my life.
1: <laughs> and this old lady eats... A-T-W-Sharon, right in the right face. in the melon. Coffee everywhere. Not only does she possibly die, the three people next to her are scolded <laughs> to death by the <laughs> hot coffee. Four people dead at a game of footy, just so you didn't touch it and potentially get the flu. No. Sounds dramatic, but could happen. <laughs> Fuck, do you reckon the crowd are going to take the piss out of it? And are they? Et,
0: and didn't it, she say that a minute after saying... They will be tested before they leave Victoria. They will be swabbed when they get off the plane. the chartered flight.
1: So an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half difference. you could have caught it in the air.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think that's what they're talking about. Like the, they'll be tested like the day before they leave or whatever. Mm. Those negative results will come back. She obviously doesn't trust the health uh, chief health officer of Victoria because then I she wants to do her own test.:
1: Does anyone? I don't think Victoria don't trusts her own fella. But then, know. what did she say? Know, the approval they
0: approval rating of the government over there is at an all time high. So
1: they will hop on a bus that we will <laughs> that we will be in charge of. She said, yep. "Take them to Alcatraz." But then,
0: so she'll test them, and no one, they will, the game will not be playing until all negative results are in. Okay. So why the fuck can't I fucking touch the ball when it comes to me?
1: All right, none of you guys have got COVID, but uh, a couple of you ab- guys have had a few nose beers on the weekend.
0: Absolutely <laughs> makes no sense. The, uh, the inconsistency has is, sense. is ridiculous.
1: These restrictions.
0: And if I hear one more person go, oh, but, but she's the best chief health officer in the country. um. You didn't know what a chief health officer was two years ago.
1: No one knew. So who who's in charge of this state? It's not her, is it? It's no, or the is police it? commissioner. So you got Grant Stevens, then her, then Media Marshal.
0: Yeah, which I don't know whether he's the chief tea and coffee bloke. He just <laughs> he, he gets a tea and coffee at the okay. nah,
1: do you know who's the best umbrella holder though? <laughs> Did you see him in the background? No. Nah. Who's the fucking health minister that looks like a, a drowned frog? He's he's the one that gets up there sometimes when Spurrier's had enough talking and he has a chat. He's in the background just holding the umbrella. Wade, Wade? Stephen Wade Stephen Wade just holding the umbrella for her like a like a good little bitch he is. <laughs> so,
0: so he doesn't even get get to make the tea and coffee at the transition committee
1: meetings. So some of the uh, some of the. Comments coming out of the rest of the country. Uh, some of the tweets have been utterly fabulous. Jeez, they're keen on us. Yeah. <laughs> the chief health officer referring to this strain as the South Australian Hotel strain. The South Australian Hotel strain. Well, sorry. If we're going to start calling him anything, let's just call it the China virus, which it. I know. Uh, really is. I think AHASA
0: should sponsor and get at least get a. <laughs> Maybe we could. Maybe. get our own strain. This is a South Australian hotel. Maybe I'll, <laughs>
1: I'll say, you just say Made of Auckland. Can we call the Made of Auckland strain and we'll, uh, we'll chuck a few dollars in and uh, get a bit of air time? Maybe the season, of the and the Publican strain.
0: I'll get some Made of Auckland umbrellas made up and they can. Mm.
1: Way Steve's going to hold it above Queensborough.
0: No, no, for the Victorian ones. They're the ones calling it the South Australian Hotel strain. Keep up, mate
1: well, it's, uh, it's the strain that's become a bit of a pain because the AFL fixturing, once again... Is that meant to be funny? <laughs> well, yeah, you're chuckling, so... Once again, we need to give props to Fixture, fixture Fred. Now, the fact that we, we aren't saying his name it embarrasses me because this guy should be given... He should be in the AFL Hall of Fame. He should be inducted to legend status from last year yep. and now dealing with this shit again. Because now he's got one state where he's... Can you imagine all the discussions he's had to be in with, like, Gil and Adelaide this week and Adelaide want to make sure that you, you've got the correct amount of sitcom spanners in your tool chest before you get on the plane as well. And
0: Now, yeah. what what was your view on... There was a few ringing up the wireless. Not happy wireless. with, not happy with uh, Collingwood being allowed in and so unfair because this hasn't happened and that hasn't happened.
1: Well... Me, personally.
0: I, I, I also think it's unfair. But the border shouldn't be shut.
1: Exactly. Um, there's people That's m- where it's unfair. They've negotiated either. that Collingwood can come in. Um, but Coming in to play a
0: game and then fucking off straight away. Yeah.
1: Um, and supposedly... But this is the problem. Like you said, the border shouldn't be shut. Melbourne shouldn't be in lockdown. It's... Uh, People say to me, well, what's your alternative? Not well, only
0: shouldn't be in lockdown. Announced today there's another seven-day lockdown.
1: And we're getting a bit off topic of sport, but uh, I can tell you right now, there is businesses that will be dead overnight tonight just by the news that they'll, they'll go, right, we're, we're going to close our doors now. We don't bother opening next week. we in two weeks because your city cafes, your hospitality industry, anyone that's got a business that relies on selling a product and people coming in to get that product um, or a service... They're fucking dead because the government's not paying any job keeper. There's no money coming into these businesses, and they're just supposed to sit there and and, and fucking eat shit and just wait till you say go. Please give me a spell. Mm. Absolutely disgusting. Preaching um, to the converted, mate. Oh, mate, it's. I caught flax saying all oh, these lockdowns are killing businesses and essentially killing people because they are. People's livelihoods are fucked. People's. You don't know how many people are fucking offing themselves right now from all this shit. So, yeah, lockdowns, uh, they've been, t- the epidemiologists of the world are saying lockdowns are uh, not the way to go. Look at New York. Oh, oh what would they know? What, what did they have, 18,000 there at uh, the garden? 16,
0: actually I've got it right here. S-
1: they had 785 cases.
0: And 57 deaths.
1: 57 deaths.
0: talking because it'll take me a while to well,
1: find The vaccine is, uh, is key to this and I think uh, England is proving that. Even though they're still getting 2,000 cases a day, today's the first day they've had no deaths and they've only had about, I think, 10 in the last six or seven days. And that's because most people are starting to get vaccinated so that it becomes just a normal flu and it's not a flu that's going to kill you. Therefore, if people get it, we well, just fucking can ride it out and not die. So
0: it was the day before... The Victorian announcement of the seven-day lockdown, which mm. is now at least fourteen,
1: which will probably go to twenty-one,
0: and that announcement was on the back of twenty-five or six cases in ten days or something. I think. Yep. Uh, so the same day, New York City had seven hundred and. 67 cases.
1: So that's New York City, so the actual yeah, CBD so the five, the five No, the five boroughs.
0: Yep. And they had 53 deaths. Are they in lockdown? In a day. Uh, they're in lockdown now, yeah. Oh, sorry, no. I was talking about the 53 that died.
1: <laughs> sorry. Sorry. It's not
0: funny, mate. I thought it was funny. Because um, if you don't laugh at this shit, you cry, so...
1: Um, and and they had a they had an NBA playoff game.
0: Yep. There was sixteen thousand two hundred and fifty four people at Madison Square Garden. Their maximum capacity is nineteen thousand seven hundred and sixty three.
1: So they're all we're gonna get COVID and gonna die, aren't they? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's and like Melbourne's population is two thirds that of New York. Two thirds. <laughs> so it's Ballparkish,
1: kind of on par. Yeah. Uh, well, it is. It has been. It has been. Anyway, yeah. this is fucking depression. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been good not having Chairman Dan front and center because, and now, now can't, can't get off his bed.
0: The, now they've just got some other fuck with making fucked up decisions. Well, let's
1: let's get back to something that was fucking phenomenal on the weekend, and that was one of the greatest fucking marks oh. I've <laughs> ever seen, and. The reason why it's one of the greatest ever is the courage. and people courage. Cowardly, I heard. <laughs> go back and watch it. <laughs> he starts off in the middle. Yeah. So when there's the scrimmage in the middle, he's trying to get a handball. And then he realises we're going to win this footy. I'm going. And he's on his bike. And then you see him from the other direction. He actually didn't look where the ball was landing once. When he first took off from the centre, he kind of knew the zone and he had his head in the sky the whole time. And then he runs back, he jumps, gets hang time, and twists and takes it. The, the
0: twist while he was up was, was
1: the. It's, It's got to be top three, greatest. Maybe we'll do a top five next there, week of our there marks.
0: Was, there was one Richmond bloke who wasn't happy with it though. Who? Chole.
1: Because Chol. <laughs> he
0: That's was. Absolutely filthy. He
1: was getting a bit of hang time as it was coming in. He's thinking, it's Chole time. Yep. But uh, no, nah, rewalt.
0: Absolute ripper.
1: Once he marked that, I was like, "Oh, Crow's, whatever momentum Crow's had." I think they were down by eight points then. They were fucking charging home,
0: yeah.
1: and when he took that mark, I was like, "Ah, oh, came over, not coming back from this." And then I think he had three goals after that. So, yeah. probably hands down performance of the round. I know there was other players that had huge games, but he's kicked five, taken mark of the century, fucking
0: mark of the century. It's
1: two thousand twenty-one. So name a better one. In this century.
0: And for all those uh, that were saying that, uh, that uh, the, no, I've forgotten his name, the bloke that broke his wrist at Velvet Revolver,
1: Shay Bolton.
0: yeah. Uh, for all those that were saying that was Mark of the Year, well, he didn't not, even get Mark of the Round, t- t- so t- t- not not even Richmond's Mark of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh,
1: not only he's been robbed twice in the space of a couple of months. old Bolton, he got robbed by check getting Mark of the Week, but then he could sit back and go. They gave it to Brodie Mycheck that week Because all the Collingwood fans voted for it, remember? That's right That's right <laughs> So he's he's lost that week But it wasn't a bad mark But checks was pretty good yeah. But um, yeah, Rewalt was absolutely sensational But the top five uh, Maybe we'll do top five of our greatest marks next week Because some I've got there are my top five of the best ever Probably weren't even the top ten like Brett Burton's, they didn't have in the, they did the on the AFL.com this week, top 10 best marks, like you vote the order. Birdman standing on top of Cruiser's fucking head, not even in it. Flabbergasted by it. That was an extraordinary mark. She's <laughs> absolutely massive. Biggest pack I've ever seen. So maybe we'll just jump into our top five this week then. Okay. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, um in uh, in recognition of uh Indigenous round, sorry, Sir Doug Nichols. Sir Doug Nichols Round. Um we're gonna go our top five. The Sir Doug Nichols, top five. The Sir The Sir Nichols. Sir Doug Nichols, <laughs> fuck me drunk, top five indigenous players. Now I copped a bit of fucking heat and yeah, I'll take so it. So you fucking should I'll have fucking take as it. As a like,
0: disgrace. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I uh, I will do my revised top five forwards another time, not tonight. But ah. I think I'll I think i have to put plug in. He might sneak in there. Only the goat full forward that I grew up saying was my favourite player of all time. <laughs> I didn't have him in there.
0: Honourable mention. Couldn't believe
1: it. Well, who wants to. Here, let's rock, paper, scissors again. <laughs> Who's going to go this route? Ready? Just best of three or just go? Just go. One, two, three.
0: Fucking go. You can go first. Oh. Even though I won the toss,
1: didn't I have to go first last time? Yeah, but I won the toss. So I've All right, <laughs> we'll start off with the honourable mentions. So, uh, honourable mentions, and <laughs> once again, I might get the might get everyone fucking going off again. But uh, Michael Long is an honourable mention. Yes, I don't have him in my top five. No, I don't give a fuck what you think. Bit overrated.
0: 190 games, 143 goals
1: for the Bombers. Yeah, it's just a normal fucking yeah. player these days. So. Yeah. Michael Long, honourable mention. His 93 grand final was electric. Yep. I'll give him that. That was yep. brilliant. Um, pulled the wool over and umpy's his eyes. Um, Stephen Silvani still to this day um, is what? sick of being asked about it, but will still say I fucking still, touched still it. Still lies <laughs> about him <laughs> touching it. Still lies through his teeth saying he touched it. You fucking did not, sauce! Anyway, another fella I've got is my mention And it's only because I never watched him Um, He wasn't uh, He never played when I was a kid But my father and my friend's fathers often talk about him And he was Sammy Newman's What the player that Sammy Newman says is the greatest player he's ever seen Polly Farmer And maybe if I watched him and I could see it I'd probably have him in my top five But uh, I couldn't But uh, from stats, stories and everything Polly Farmer My other mention, I would have loved to have had him in there, was uh, the absolute wrecking ball himself, Byron Pickett. If he wasn't kicking goals, he was killing fellow opponents. And some of those hits, that one against, uh, who's the Hawthorne player that he murdered when he was at North Melbourne? Crummel. Crummel.
0: Brendan Crummel.
1: Essentially ended his career. He Uh, was fucked for the rest of the year with concussion. And he didn't really do much after that. <laughs> Byron Pickett ran through him like, uh, like a uh, hot curry through someone's intestines. He just absolutely murdered him. And uh, Byron Pickett rounds out my mentions. Number five. A fella by, uh, by the name of uh, Gavin Wanganee comes in at number five for me. Uh, he's a Brownlow medalist at a very young age. Was a part of the Baby Bombers. Not only that, he then uh, had a very good career there, but came to Port, Adela- Port Adelaide as a founding... Uh, he was a founding member, wasn't he, of their original side? Inaugural captain. Inaugural captain, there you go. So, <laughs> lucky that you're a rain man and you know fucking everything about everything. But uh, Wanganane came over, was a huge part of them winning that premiership. Fabulous on the day. Some say could have got the... Uh, Norm Smith that day, but didn't. Uh, But Gavin Wanganeen comes in at mine. Number five. Number four is uh, an indigenous fella from the West. Don't think he's actually born in the West, but I'm going to say from the West because that's where he's played. West Coast, Peter Matera. Absolutely phenomenal player. One on Norm Smith. Superstar over there. Goals, goals, goals! I reckon there was a. Did, did he kick in that ninety-two grand final? He five goals for the middle.
0: Not sure, but I know one of the ones that he kicked was an
1: absolute belter on the run. On the run from about yep. sixty, yep. as he was like floating off. Absolute. But Matera, I, I as a kid, obviously growing up watching him, uh, it was more of his end of his career that I was obviously seeing. Um, but it was absolutely electrifying, a real natural wingman.
0: 253 games, 217 goals. It's
1: obviously in your top five then?
0: Incorrect. Oh, shit.
1: Anyway, let's move on to the ones of my generation. Uh, Number three. um, Could have made the top five of the forwards, uh, but didn't. Got to mention. But uh, the big bud Ward, Lance Franklin, comes in at my number three. Uh, There's no Indigenous player that has really been a, a massive influence Solidly as a big huge gun forward as uh, as Franklin has, goals, marks, highlights. 13! 13, 13, as Hutto said, and that's the the most memorable number you've heard. You bring that up. Why? Oh. Nine years today. I did see that. Hutto. That did was
0: we... that was the what I was gonna play.
1: Oh, was it? Anytime you hear that number thirteen. Oh i loved it. Even if it's like in bingo, like 13, you're like, 13. 13. 13. And you can thank that uh, for Huddo but for Buddy Franklin. But a, a phenomenal player. He's done it at both clubs. The only thing that probably hasn't... It uh, was the last bit that he wanted to do would be win a flag at Sydney. I don't think he's going to do that. But he's still got another couple of years on that monster deal. Closing in on the 1,000 goals. There won't be another player for a long time that will kick a 1,000, let alone get up into the top five. So Buddy Franklin is my number three. Number two. This was hard for me, separating one and two. Uh, number two for me is one of my favourite players of all time, Andrew McLeod. What more can we say?
0: Uh, sorry, what number?
1: Two. Number two. Okay. So Andrew McLeod comes in at number two. This was a guy that um, was traded for for Chris Groom. Correct. Um, for Andrew McLeod, and um, I believe one night we Thank were you, Jared we were with Chris Groom um, after one of. Simon's birthday is down the bay And uh, after we've had quite a few drinks Simon made a speech And thanked Groomy for helping him deliver two premierships <laughs> Because we got Andrew <laughs> McLeod And you got a feel for the fella He's probably copped it But Andrew McLeod, what more can you say? That first game against Hawthorne Where he was oh. in that pocket And he just kept tapping in the wet tapping in the wet And kicked the goal to win the game um, From his blistering pace out that the wasn't
0: middle That was his first game though.
1: I think it was Really? I'll look it up. Is it the first or second? Yeah, right. Might have been his first.
0: I thought it was just the first one that he grabbed by the scruff of the neck and no, then fuck this, I'm winning this. To think Freo
1: fucking gave him away. <laughs> and I say gave him away because they didn't fucking trade. They'd, that trade doesn't qualify almost. They've given oh. away the Crows' best ever player. You wear
0: purple every fortnight. <laughs> you got no self-respect. So. Yeah,
1: the, the games, the goals, the highlights. My favourite highlight was that one against Collingwood on that Monday night game where he kicked that goal from the boundary on the opposite foot. And I think the celebration's what yeah. made it even better. But watching McLeod growing up, oh, mate, there's, there's I don't think there has been or will be for a bit an Indigenous player like him that could just glide across Absolutely and... From he didn't just Darwin? have like 20 positives, He'd get 38 of them and they'd all be fucking elite. Like, wouldn't miss a target, kick those goals on the run. McLeod, number two. Yep. This leaves my number one, who I think... I really don't think there's a doubt that he's number one. And you'll probably argue that, and everyone will. Jewel Brownlow medalist. Almost won three Brownlows. I think he just missed out on a third. Um, he came in as a ruckman. Then he was a forward... And then he was an elite midfielder who could run all day, grab the footy, so hard to tackle and would just have so much possession of the footy. And that, my number one, is Adam Goods. The controversial Adam Goods, and you say controversial only because of how his career ended, but as a footballer, was nothing short of phenomenal. Not just the best Indigenous player, one of the top players of all time, Adam Goods, my number one. By a fucking country mile in my eyes.
0: <coughs> Your turn, motherfucker. Now, hang on. Can you just go quickly? Five, four, three, two, one. Because half of that I was listening to.
1: Wanganine at five. Yep. Four Matera. Yep. Three Buddy Franklin. Number two Andrew McLeod. Number one Adam Goods. Yep. Uh, over to you, cocksucker.
0: Uh, okay. Alright, first of all, honourable mentions to mm. Peter Matera, Michael Long and Nikki Winmar. Winmar? Yeah. Nikki Winmar, uh, you'd remember from our last top five, big plug a locket. <laughs> <laughs> you failed to put it in your top five. No, mate, mate, Timmy, stop Tim. dwelling on the
1: past for once. He
0: played eleven seasons uh, for St Kilda. Plug a locket. What are we talking about? Fucking locket. No, he he, to- he topped the goal kicking ten times in those eleven seasons. The one the one year that he missed, Nicky Winmar was top goal kicker for.
1: Was locket injured?
0: I th- I think so. <laughs>
1: Is that when he broke his leg? Yeah. He threw the crutches yeah. at the reporter. Yeah.
0: Know who that reporter was?
1: Uh, Eddie Maguire? Correct. I was?
0: Yep. All right, so they're my my honourable mentions. Bit stiff to miss out. Quality players. Uh, Also, special mentions.
1: Oh, hold on, hold on. We've got honourable and special mentions. You're just naming everyone A tonight. No, I'm
0: not. Fuck me. But the best... Best Waffle Indigenous player never to play in the VFL or AFL, Stephen Michael. And the best SNFL Indigenous player never to play in the AFL Cantilla. Michael Graham. Who were both members of the Indigenous team of the century. So
1: they were just special mentions. That team was named in two thousand and five, by the way. Yeah.
0: And they'd still be in it today if they named another one today. So mm. Yeah, they would Nah. Yeah, they would. Now, also mentions for older blokes that I never saw play, but... You just
1: mentioned two of them.
0: No, I saw both of them play.
1: I forgot you're 75.
0: No. No, but they were blokes that didn't play VFL, AFL football. So, uh, Polly Farmer, Barry Cable and Maurice Rioli I didn't consider in my top five.
1: So. Yeah.
0: All right, my number Let's five. Let's get on to it, eh? My number 5
1: it's not tell us who you didn't have and tell us who, who you do have.
0: Who is currently number five in the AFL games record holdings? Silk. Silk. Because you don't play that many games for two sides and and not be worth a top five.
1: Now, is this, the, this is the same Silk, Sean Berglund, that Port Adelaide said might have a year or two left in him. It's and gone now on to play, play about 250 now games now for Hawthorne. And three time
0: premiership player for Hawthorne. Four time premiership oh, We player need one up. of those
1: bam bam things. Maybe we do have one. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't think we had that. <laughs> Keep uh, going, sir.
0: Number four. I believe this bloke was in your top five. It was probably a bit high on your list, but Andrew Bungie McLeod.
1: Too high. How is number two too high?
0: Well, I've got him at number four, so it's so two's obviously higher than four, is it not?
1: I don't think anyone would agree with you on that one. Well Bungie's top two in everyone's top okay. two. Okay.
0: <laughs> um now this one I'm sure you'll
1: criticise me for this. I can tell you don't have any stats, of McLeod. I thought you'd come armed with well, your stats.
0: You've, you've you took up twenty minutes talking about Bunge, so <laughs> so I don't need to talk about him.
1: I didn't even actually say Jewel Norm Smith medalers. Blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. Rob Brownlow. Uh, 340
0: games, 275 goals. Did Macca play 340 games? 340? Fuck. Forget it, me. Um, my number three, I can't remember whether this bloke was in your five or or he was an honorable mention. <laughs> because like I said, I asked you to repeat it, but I didn't listen then either. Um but Gavin Wanganine.
1: He was my number five, you dickwear. Oh
0: was he? I thought Matera was your number five. Nope. Huh. Um yeah, so three hundred games, two hundred and one goals for Rubbers Wanganine. He uh
1: His lads part of the um bomber's fathers programme they've got there where they all go train. Yeah, right. It was him, Love at Murray's son, herd's son. So and Mercedes, um, oh, nah, there's one I'm forgetting, but uh, they all look pretty good.
0: Um, obviously the, like I said, a baby bomber, Brownlow medalist in that year.
1: I think as a 20
0: year old was also voted in the AFL Players Association most courageous.
1: How old was he when he won that Brownlow? Was he 20. 20? Yeah. Is that the youngest? Is he the youngest Brownlow medalist? <laughs> Apart from the wartime people, which really,
0: I'm not sure.
1: Look at that up. Continue, sir.
0: Um, But something I saw last week on the replay of his open mic episode, when Adam Goods, Mark Roschuto, and Bucks, Bucks tied for the Brownlow, Wanganeen rates that as his best season. Shit. He came fourth in the Brownlow Medal that year.
1: By how many votes?
0: By one vote.
1: Fuck, so it could have been a four-way tie.
0: So he missed Brownlow, came fourth, but missed Brownlow by a bike.
1: Before you go on, I've got a funny story about that Brownlow. <laughs> At the time, my younger brother Tommy wasn't old enough to gamble. Um, I reckon I'd, we'd gone to the Tonsley and he'd got on <laughs> Rusciuto to win the Brownlow. And when he went to get his money, he was arguing, saying, hold on, where's the rest of my money? And they were like, well, no, nah, it's... It's a three-way tie, you're getting a third. He, he was filthy at it. And I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you're not, you're 16. Don't <laughs> no, no, argue it. So it would have been real filthy if, if Wang and he slipped in there because he would have got, <laughs> got a quarter Franklin of his money.
0: <laughs> um, my number two, a two-club player, Buddy Franklin.
1: Mm. Interesting.
0: Just think for a bloke that that some argue is the best player of all time, which I don't think, but but he best has Best player to, of all time. Some some or some say that he's the best player currently. Wow. Which I don't believe that's correct, but wouldn't have thought. But he's in that argument, I reckon. So he's my number two.
1: Are we agreeing on our number one?
0: And my number one is a bloke who, funnily enough, I don't like. (laughs) But unlike the rest of the people that don't like him, I never liked him. Because he should have never won Norwich Rising Star and stolen it from Brett Burton. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I started hating him.
1: (laughs) Why? He was the best junior that year, wasn't he?
0: Uh, Incorrect. Birdman was best uh, best player that year, by a fucking country mile.
1: Oh, I love our bias. (sighs) Why is he number one? Let's let's get a good argument as to why you wanna why you put him as your number one, Daniel.
0: Um, well, he could rock. Played three hundred and seventy two games, kicked four hundred and sixty four goals. He could play on ball as a ruck rover. If you had a ruckman in the side, mm. you could put him one out at full forward, and he'd do the job. There wasn't a position on the field that he couldn't have played.
1: Hands down, number one.
0: He's a two-time Brownlee medalist. Even even when he when he had that one cheapened of him when when Ruin Bucks tried to mm. hog the limelight, but no, he's clearly the best. So best the, so career. From an Indigenous player.
1: season the Publican have agreed on that. Now, our top fives, we don't know our top fives. We wait till we do it on air right now. So, fucking come at us. Anyone that doesn't think he's number one, give us a legitimate argument and we will dismiss it and dismantle it in a record time.
0: I've even made my number one at each club.
1: We don't need to go through that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like that guy that's done extra maths homework and he goes to the teacher, I've done extra. <laughs> Good on you, champ. Keep that for next time.
0: I've I've got a bloke in my list of fellas that didn't make he didn't make the best player at his club, but he made my top five. Who? Well, I've got Sean Burgoyne in, in my list. But he wasn't the best at Hawthorne. No, buddy's the best Hawthorne indigenous player ever. What about Cyril? Um Cyril's not <laughs> in the best hundred indigenous
1: players ever. Oh, I love the over the over love Actually, of hun- Cyril he gets. Hundreds
0: hundreds probably.
1: Hundreds and hundreds.
0: <laughs> hundreds probably over overstating it a bit, but but I'd definitely not in the top twenty.
1: Well, speaking of the indigenous players, um probably falls in a good round, but uh oh, before we're going on, to air What?
0: Chance Bateman. About him. Oh, I just wanted to bring him up because he was <laughs> the first ever Indigenous player that was ever on a Hawthorne list.
1: Hold on. When did he get picked up? Hey? When did he get drafted? Like 99? Yeah, about then. So they didn't have an Indigenous player on their list before then. That's what I've been told. Fuck.
0: Mm. <sighs> <That's> Pretty underrated <laughs> Chance Bateman, too.
1: Yeah, he's good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. It wasn't now shut up. that's like I was saying, uh, the Indigenous round, Sir. Oh, I'm insulting him. Doug Nichols. Sir Doug Nichols. I keep saying Charles Nichols. Sir Doug Nichols round. Um, quite fitting that the NT tonight, as we go to air on this uh, Wednesday night, um, has announced that they are launching a bid for a yeah. team in the AFL. Saw so that. So everyone, did you hear that? That whistle that I just did? No, the, the, you know when you drink some water and your throat does like a... Was that, was not, that me or you? Yeah, one of us. <laughs> but uh, tonight, Northern Territory are putting a bid in. Um, what? How they put a bid in, I don't know. Whether there's an actual slot that the AFL have opened up, but you wouldn't think that they're launching a bid for a team if there isn't an opportunity for it that's been put in front of them. There was talk that the Gold Coast were going to get moved there. I was hearing rumblings from people saying it was going to be the, oh, what are they going to call them?
0: The Darwin Suns?
1: No, no, no. But something like that. Um, like The NT Suns or um, something along those lines. I think they were going to have the Suns in it. But um, th- that's what the plan was to move Gold Coast there. Now, maybe that, that might will be happen. the original. We'll not happen. The AFL will eventually come down to dollars and cents and we will go, well, f- where are they going to survive more? Gold Coast or up in Darwin? They've moved clubs before. Let's Have they? Well, South Melbourne. Went to Sydney. Didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, so fuck off. Um, yeah, so as we go to NT... When, when was it, that? 80s? Late 70s? A
0: fucking long time ago. <laughs>
1: um, but... Yeah, NT to have a team, that'd be huge. But off the back of that, there's a little little island down at the bottom of Australia going, what about me? Yeah, but they can put in a bid as well. That's the thing, though. If they wanted a team there just, and they could do the NT, go, we're putting a Just because you're bid.
0: putting your hand up and saying, we
1: want a team. I not mean you're getting one. No. Nah. Like I'm saying, they wouldn't be announcing that they're doing a bid unless there is an opportunity to maybe come in. Maybe they're going to do a 20-team comp. Fucking, I'd love a 20-team comp. Play everyone once. There's your 20 games. It would make it the most even football season we've had in a long time. That's interesting. So 19-game season, you cocksucker. <laughs> you have to do that, don't you? Well, sorry. Anyway, back to that. Um, I think if Tassie got a side in... If Tassie actually got a Hobart or Launceston, whoever they want down there, and had a T- team, Tassie,
0: and they would play games at both both cities. They
1: can't call themselves a state. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. You okay. no, can't. Let's go to the South Australian Crows. No, it's got to be a city. Does Pick it? one and support it. I know fucking Hobart and Launceston hate the fuck out of each other, but come together and support a side.
0: So you but can't name yourself after an area, not a. You have to name yourself after a...
1: Well, West Coast Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. They should be the Perth Eagles. Mm. But um, going back to the actual Tassie discussion, if Tassie were to bring a side into the common, they actually won that bid and they could say, yeah, we're going to have a side. Yep. When people say, oh, we're going to bring in a, a Western Sydney side or a Gold Coast side and you're going to attract players, the only thing you can attract them with is money, Correct.
0: I believe you're correct, yes.
1: With Tassie, the lure to be a part of the very first Tasmanian team in the AFL for any player, and I mean like any player that's come from Tasmania, whether they're the best in the comp or a mediocre, I reckon the pull for that would be too hard to refuse. It wouldn't be about money. Like Someone like Jack Rewalt, um, let's say Chase Jones, came on bigger than what he was to go home and play for Tassie. I reckon it would be massive. I reckon they could attract a shitload of homegrown talent and then top them up with, with bulk talent for, with cash to get them over the, uh, over the dutch. Um, yeah. I reckon a Tassie side would be instantly competitive, unlike the Gold Coast and GWS were. They'd get the same draft concessions that the other two would as well. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, they would. They'd betcha, have to. They, to. They, they, wouldn't. they would have to. Why would they have to? It says precedent now. You've given it to two clubs. You have to give it to everyone else you bring in. All right. Well, Adelaide didn't get it. Port didn't get it. Well, Port did more than Adelaide, I suppose. Port got some draft concessions. They didn't get fucking every second pick of the top twenty, <laughs> like GWS. Well, oh, Adelaide
0: technically got draft concessions. What
1: do you mean? What do you mean? They got
0: they got a uh, a free dip at the SNFL.
1: Big deal. The fucking VFL had already raided the SNFL by then anyway, so mm. pillaged most of the good guys. That's another argument, though. Yeah, m- so uh, NT, another one for NT, though, if they get a side up there, you get a lot of a lot of Darwin products, a lot of Northern Territory products. So the lure to go there and play as a part of that first team there would be huge, so... Maybe Cyril would make a comeback. Mm. Nah. He's still like 28, isn't he? <laughs> He's still very young. Long time retired. you got Cyril, someone like Stephen May, who's a Northern Territory kid. Yeah, yeah you're playing at Melbourne, but in two years' time, NT government and the, the guys building this side come knocking on the door. It'd be very hard for him not to take it. Any Any Northern Territory bloke. So... I'm excited for the future of footy If there is going to be any NT or Tassie teams coming in Because they will be I think instantly competitive Compared to the other two flop sides So,
0: If we went to Or if Two more teams came in Could they come in In the one season
1: Oh shit It's
0: been done before
1: Yeah I think they could But now but The the problem is you got AFL's propping up how many, AFL, um, how many Victorian teams at the moment mm. One of them's either got to give um, Yeah The future of the AFL would be good But That uh, could be another
0: Just for argument's sake if a thir- Say if those two teams came in Doesn't matter whether it was In the one season or whenever yeah. And another team was coming in where Where would the next team come from? So you can have a 20-game season.
1: You're a fuckwit. <laughs> there nothing. They're not going go to go out of 21 teams. Oh, okay. Well, the, Vf- the VFL is 22 teams at the moment and they're not going to get through all those games now. <laughs> How's that, though? The VFL, um, which is essentially an AFL reserves comp topped up with a couple of VFL sides uh, because... Obviously, there's only four teams not in that VFL. Oh, who are they? Uh, There's Adelaide, there's Port Adelaide, there's Frio, and West Coast. So, time for an AFL reserves comp, I think. Um, More so now than ever, especially with the COVID. um, Because you've got semi-professional, semi-half-professional people playing the VFL alongside people getting paid 700 grand a year, a la Josh Jenkins, to play in their VFL reserve side. Um, if you have an AFL reserves comp, whatever's happening with this COVID now, wouldn't really the VFL wouldn't have stopped. They'd be moving those players where they move the AFL guys. So, yeah, more more than now, more than ever, I think we need the reserves comp. Yep, we'd like to see that. We can come up with another night, but we're running out of time. Um, we don't want to go too long, obviously. But it's been it's been a lovely thing. But I think we need to. Recognise a few people this week We do our Hero of the week Villain of the week I I might roll with this one If that's right, Or have you got a villain
0: No, 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 that's right You roll with it My my
1: hero for me Mm -hmm. Is Mitch Robinson Oh Yes Mitch Robinson Has had an absolute heater this week We have about 35 and 4 goals one of his goals, though, i I'd ridiculous with this new man on the mark rule. <laughs> he when got he got to run eight metres off the mark and stand next to the guy on the mark and kick it.
0: When he kicked his first, that was his first goal for the season. Mm. And I'm like, how could that only be his first goal for the season? He's been okay. And I
1: don't know who was talking about They I was saying Carlton said this guy don't want him. They didn't even trade him to Brisbane. He was delisted by Carlton. Yeah. And uh, – Brisbane were like, well, we'll take you. You can come up here, mate. you got a bit of bit of guts about you.
0: I do remember coughing some grief from people saying, oh, I hear Robinson's going to the Crows. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I
1: would have loved him. I loved Robbo.
0: But see, I didn't love him at Carlton. Didn't you? No. Nah. I loved him. I had a nickname for him that wasn't all that, well, all that nice. My nickname for him was Uncle No Brains.
1: Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he gets a bit of white-line fever.
0: Yeah, but he's so good with those younger players on that
1: list. Yeah. And what do you think Carlton would like right now? Oh. <laughs> uh So, my hero of the week like is Miss Robinson. He's, no? he's
0: clearly still loose and
1: clearly white-line fever. That, but, but I love but that. He's one of the last characters still in footy. Yeah. Uh, everyone hammered Acker. Once again, loved Acker because he entertained, but... Mitch Robinson, so many things he did last year during the game, while well, highlights during the week? What about the his, game? His here? podcast is huge, and he he just says how it is, and it's exactly how most people want to hear an he, AFL player say it.
0: What about the game here in one of his early games for Brisbane? Was it Sutcliffe
1: tagging Lockie Neal? Oh yeah, and they were going after Neil, and <laughs> and on the boundary. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Get me on the if, field! If, if, if he gets on, he's going to kill him. <laughs> he was standing there jumping, calling whoever was to come off guard, fucking sprint! <laughs> and then he sprinted straight then, sh- to Sutcliffe.
0: But 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 Sutcliffe was going off at the time, yeah. so Sutcliffe's running to the bench, and he ran to the port bench, and then he's like, oh, shit, I missed him! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Robo. So he's my, my uh, hero of the week for that display. Four goals, just fucking... Uh, 35 touches, absolutely turn back the clock And if you can do it again uh, That'll be huge But uh, yeah, Mitch Robinson's my hero of the week My villain of the week Is the fucking media One thing I want to talk about Naomi Osaka uh, With the French Open She came out and said I won't be doing any press work Which in any other sport If you don't want to do press work You don't do it. Buddy Franklin faced the media last week for the first time in three years. First time in three years he's spoken to the media.
0: Is that true?
1: Yes. I didn't believe it too until I was reading the article. I was like, okay. He says, No, I'm not doing press conferences, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) He'll do the field. You're
0: not talking about that that fake interview with Jordan Lewis.
1: No. Right. Or maybe it was. No, he he faced He did the thing on Fox Fronted a press conference yeah, right. um, for Indigenous Week. Uh, sorry. Duggo Week. Sir Doug Nichols round. Sir Doug Nichols around. Um My villain is the media. Because they've. Uh, when she announced it, uh, she copped absolute flack for it uh, from the media. Saying it was bullshit. How dare she? Every player has to do it. This is a joke. Like... She's, uh, she, she's making it out all about her. And then they said, well, if you don't do it, you're not going to play. And sh- she's obviously suffering that bad. She goes, fine, won't play. I'm out. The media, the moment she announced it, all of a sudden, the collective media went, oh, fuck. That's not good. We better, we better uh, say how bad this is now. All of a sudden, the media's turning around saying how bad it is. How, it, how did it come to this? How did it, How is it so bad that she had to do this? Like, how dare we? How dare the Tennis Federation and the ATP say and the Grand Slam say, hold on, cunts. Two days ago, you were hammering her for it, saying it's the worst thing she could have done. She's, uh, she's shocking. She's made it all about you. Two yes. days later, you're now saying, poor, poor Naomi, and how dare the tennis do this to it? No. You bricks did it. You fucking guys let it. So don't go around sitting there saying, oh, poor Naomi, and oh, this is great, they're shining the light on mental health, when you are the same savage cunts that fucking hammer them every time they do something that you don't think follows the narrative. So my villain of the week is the fucking media. A-
0: and maybe and the chairman of Roland Garros. All of them. Because he tried to call her bluff by going, well... It's in the rules that you have to do it. Mm. And then, well...
1: So no worries, I won't play. It like, it, it affects Pepe, me that bad.
0: Pepe Le Pew is made to look like a fuckwit.
1: And she said ever since she started playing and she won it when, uh, when she beat Serena Williams that it's affected her greatly and she has shock and anxiety. And what about Venus Williams today? She was, like, sort of giving her a bit of advice and they asked her, oh, do you get anxiety? And she goes, well, for me, no, it's different. She said, no matter what I do on the court, I don't give a crap what you guys say because I know none of you can even come close to me and what I do, so I don't care what you say. <laughs> That's a seasoned veteran, though.
0: It's something I find really difficult to speak about because I do not understand anxiousness, depression... I don't, like, I don't know. I guess I'm lucky that I've never, never suffered from anything mm. like that. So it's something I just have grief understanding because of, because of just doesn't, mm. I can't relate to it.
1: But then you got one person that obviously it's a great mental anguish, and she's just going, well, "All right, if you're not gonna let me, just do what I want to do," as in. Play tennis, fuck 'em! I'm out of you. And she's gone. See you later. And now the world sport, the 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 actual uh, sporting fraternity of the world have all said oh, great stand or we're with you. All this stuff, but it's all too late now. Shed players going at her when she first uh, announced it, saying, "Oh, nah, not good by her." Well. She's, uh, you're now not going to see the number number two ranked player in the world playing in a Grand Slam. So, yeah. But anyway, hopefully she can uh, address whatever issues she are and It could actually be the one moment which changes the sport in the future because you watch people doing those press conferences, they don't want to be there anyway. Like you've got to give a press conference after every single match and whether you win or lose, you've got to go out there and talk to them. Sometimes you just don't want to. Now they might not have to. So, Naomi, you could have changed tennis uh, for and the better.
0: And it's not the only sport that you have to front the uh, media.
1: No, it's not, but it's the only sport where, as an individual, you have to front the media. Mm. Yeah, right. well, as a team, they might say Ronaldo can front the media this week, or Messi next week, or, or anyone. They don't have to, though. It's not a part of their, after every single game, they have to.
0: Yeah, probably the closest thing is senior coaches in the AFL. <laughs> yeah, which correct. Are, which generally a hell of a lot older than her. Mm. And a
1: hell of a lot more media experience. And, and have had a full playing career. <laughs> like generally. And I, I do miss the press conferences of blokes like Mick Malthouse. and some of Mick's? He would just go after journos that really rubbed him the wrong way.
0: But, and, but he was a dickhead. He went after the wrong ones. Yeah. Like, go after the ones that ask us... Look, at least Ross Lyon would go, really?
1: Really? I love Ross Lyon. That's
0: the best questioning you can ask me?
1: <laughs> Ross Lyon would just come back with, like, the the most... <laughs> he would just come at them with questions about their question and really put them in their box. <laughs> oh, well, guys, anyway... We, we've probably hit your ceiling of your, your concentration time, but I hope uh, hope you enjoyed it this week. Let's see if we can get some uh, some good games of footy going and and get what do you got, Danny?
0: I was trying to find that Buddy Thirteen commentary to play. But
1: Maybe we'll just play the clip on the Facebook page and give the fans a bit of a uh, a bit of what to. But um, yeah, it's been a a big fortnight of football. Let's hope we can get a, the rounds out properly, and if we have to have a pause. We'll have a pause, as they say, and restart and get this uh, so far entertaining season of footy back underway. So, here's to...
0: uh, And and congratulations to the blokes that got picked up in the mini-draft.
1: Yes. Can't believe it's taken to the end to say this. Ash Johnson, mate, um, if you're listening, congratulations, brother. You've come a long way from the guy that uh, tried to take Mark of the Year in the GF and snapped his arm... Had photos on the ground of himself while he was giving the green whistle coming off the field. Uh, to now being picked up by Collingwood. Uh, maybe there's there a chance of him playing this week. Spirit of probably won't allow it. Yeah, he wouldn't need to pass his test. He wouldn't, have his, he wouldn't have enough time to have his tests and pass <laughs> But uh, Ash, well done, mate. Congratulations. And uh, good luck to everyone on the weekend. Hopefully we can get some good games of footy and get the season rolling. Ooh. ooh.